Welcome to the I Believe Podcast, an Acure Insight production, brought to you by Castle Biosciences. I'm your host, Danae Peterson, a fellow ocular melanoma survivor. Here on the podcast, we'll be sharing information and insights on treatments, research, and living with ocular melanoma. Castle Biosciences is a proud sponsor of this I Believe podcast. Castle Biosciences tests are designed to provide clinicians precise and personalized tumor information for the benefit of patient care. If you would like more information about how Castle is transforming the treatment of eye cancer, visit castletestinfo.com. Hi, Omis. Registration is now open for our first back-in-person event since the pandemic. The 2022 I Believe Survivorship Seminar will take place this year in Nashville, Tennessee. Join Acure Insight along with Dr. David Reichstein, Tennessee Retina, top physicians and experts for two days of workshops and educational sessions chock full of info and tools to help you survive and thrive with an ocular melanoma diagnosis. Of course, we'll mix in a bit of Nashville-style fun along the way. For those attending in person, we hope to see you at our welcome reception the evening of October 13th, so please plan your travel accordingly. You can reserve your hotel room using the link provided at the time of registration, or you can book your own preferred nearby favorite hotel. If you're unable to attend in person during the registration, simply select Attend From Home as your option. If you plan to attend in person or online, please register as soon as possible using the link in the show notes or head to tinyurl.com slash I believe 2022. And that's I spelled E-Y-E. After you register, again, just be sure to finalize your travel plans and reserve your room at a hotel there or nearby. Please email contact at acureinsight.org with any registration questions. Share the news with your fellow Omis. We can't wait to finally see you again. Coming up in chronological order, September 24th, we have the Looking for a Cure 5K that's happening in the Phoenix area. It's co-hosted by Honor Health Research and Innovation Institute and a Cure Insight here in Scottsdale, where I live. I'm helping to organize that event. So if you're local to the Phoenix area or if you would like to participate virtually, we would absolutely love to have you come and join us. Um, Second up in the chronological events, we have our I Believe seminar happening in Nashville. Uh, this is going to be put on by Dr. Reichstein and his team and a team of retina consultants and um, doctors in that area. They are teaming up with us to provide the I Believe survivorship seminar that is coming up, and that's October 14th and 15th. If you are attending in person, you should be able to see the registration links in the description. Um, if they don't show up, I will drop them in the comments of this video when we're done. But you can register for the virtual version of this I Believe seminar, or you can come and see us in person. Um, I'm going to be there in the fall, and we're going to have as many of us together as we can um, in the Nashville area for a really good fun time. Just a reminder that if you are coming to that event, make sure that you're getting your, your flights, your hotels sorted out and get in town on the night of the 13th of October for the welcome reception. Lastly, we have um, in the events, we have the Looking for a Cure in Texas. This is going to be held in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, and it's co-hosted um, or put on, I guess, um, Julie from our Acure Insight team. She's helping to organize this event, and they are doing that in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. You can see the details if you go to lookingforacure.org. And again, you can register for that 5K coming up on November 5th. 
Last but not least, just a plug for the registry and for the registry's birthday. We've had so many people responding to the registry and so many people who are joining the registry and who are also now working through their surveys thanks to just finding um, information and from Melody calling and the team calling to just help walk people through doing those informational surveys. That's all I have to say about the, the registry for the moment. So just keep in mind that if you have registered and you are part of the registry and you have not gone and filled out your questionnaires, those questionnaires are vital for the research to actually be effective. So as you're hopping on live and you're here to hear Lori, let me go ahead and just introduce her real quick before I bring her on screen. Lori is someone who I stumbled across, I want to say, just because she we friended each other from a, maybe a, a Facebook group, and she told me a little bit about her story, and I was absolutely floored from um, just hearing you know, all of the things that she has, has been through already in the, the recent time since her diagnosis of July or June 2016, when she was originally diagnosed. She had plaque radiation therapy, and the treatment was successful, and the tumor was dead. And through the genetic testing of the tumor, she learned that she had a moderate chance of metastasis. And she just tells in her story briefly that uh, it took her about two and a half years to be ready to prepare her body, her body for the chance that there could be metastasis. And her sister urged her to talk with a friend who had helped her husband um, by using an integrative approach while fighting um, brain cancer. So she did, and this led to reading The Metabolic Approach to Cancer by Nasha Winter and Jess Higgins, um, and then The Radical Remission, Surviving Cancer Against All Odds by Kelly Turner. And she started making adjustments very quickly, and then um, six months later in August of 2019, she was told that she had metastasized. So we have Lori here to tell us um, just a little about this journey and this story, and to also really just kind of give us give us an inside look at how this kind of an approach looks. So thank you for being here, Lori. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for inviting me tonight. Yeah. So Lori, can you just tell us a little bit about you, about your family, where you're from, those kinds of things? Sure. I am from Huntington Valley, Pennsylvania. It's a northeast suburb of Philadelphia. I am married. I have two children, ages 12 and 14 now. They were originally six and eight when I was diagnosed. I work in a school district. I'm a family crisis therapist and a licensed clinical social worker. So that's that's, that's you me. in a nutshell. Okay, awesome. Well, thank you for all that you do, and I'm I'm like awesome, or I'm I'm thrilled to hear like just about about your your background as a therapist too. I think that's awesome. So, can you talk to us a little bit about like just briefly? Let's just cover your diagnosis to begin with in June of 2016. Just like what led to that and how did it go? I'm sure, like many of us, I was having some weird floaters and occasional vertigo. I just thought I hadn't had my regular checkup and I might have an eye infection. So I got in to see my doctor and he right away got me to see the retina specialist that same day. And before I knew it, I was at Will's Eye with Dr. Shields the very next day. And you know, it's, it's something big if Carol Shields is going to see you the next day. And from there, I was, I, within three weeks, I had radiation plaque therapy. Everything went really well for two years. I, I really didn't have many side effects. I'd lost some vision, but I, I really didn't have many side effects from the radiation that really started about two years in. And then, well, because of that genetic testing of my tumor, I knew that I had a, you know, moderate chance of metastasis. And I was like, all right, well, I haven't metastasized yet. Why don't I start getting my body ready? What does that really mean? You know, my doctor's office just told me, 
eat right and exercise. Okay. Which Without any information. So before exactly. we move on to this section, I did want to ask, um, did you have the castle testing done? Did you have a different test done? Um, I know Carol Shield's office, they typically do a, a different test, I think. Yes, they do. So they did something through the University of Pennsylvania, through the Perelman Institute, I believe. When I metastasized to my liver, I genetic testing again of that through Karis. Okay. So that's good to know. Um, that was one of my questions is, did you have genetic testing? And so through that testing, you had a moderate, a moderate risk. Do you, um, you don't have to, but do you mind sharing any of those specific results from the eye tumor and the, and later we'll talk about your liver? Oh, I, you know, I have to do the eye tumor from, from memory, the way that she explained it to me. I don't have the specifics with me, but that I had good form, (laughs) meaning that it could keep growing, but that, and it would be slow. It would be a slow growing tumor that would keep growing. There were no breaks for the tumor, but that it wouldn't branch off, that it would stay in this nice form. Um, and that it would be slow growing. That is no breaks, slow growing, stay in the form. That is what I remember and a moderate chance. And a moderate chance of metastasis based on the the test, um, done by the the university of Pennsylvania. Yes. Yes. All right. I feel like that's, that's probably as, as close as we can get to like what those kind of results would look like. And, And we could infer by looking at data charts, what that would mean. Right. And, and I do, but for the Karis results, I do have those more specific. Okay. So let's hold off on those and let's just sure. briefly talk. You mentioned, you know, getting your body ready and how doctors just told you, okay, eat right, exercise, take good care of yourself, but without right. really any like actual guidance. So, so what kind of, what drove you to, to start applying the metabolic approach even before cancer had spread? Because, because of my friend and, and, um, and she just said, okay, start keto and I'll get you more information. So I did. I started keto. Uh, that The keto that I started then is so different than what I do now because now it is so individualized to me and my genetics. Um, but, but then I started it and then she gave me the book, A Metabolic Approach to Cancer. And then I also read Radical Remission, which gave me an unbelievable amount of hope. And from there, I started making more changes, but I also got connected with my naturopathic doctor who treats under the guidelines of the metabolic approach to cancer and under the guidelines of Dr. Nisha Winners. Okay. So before we continue, and as we're, I know we talked briefly about this, but before we continue and just have a little bit more of an in-depth conversation about how this went for you, um, I do want to just kind of insert this disclaimer again to reiterate what you said. Um, The plan that you currently follow today, that is, you know, the metabolic approach is a very individualized plan for Lori and for your genetics. Absolutely. Um, And in addition to this, I guess the other kind of important key piece that we want to really emphasize here is this a, this is a possible way to treat uveal melanoma metastatic spread in some cases, and also that it's done primarily with the guidance of a, a metabolic approach team, someone, uh, someone who is well-versed in this, in this area of the cancer treatment world, who is um, an expert in that field. So yeah. I just, as we, as we get going, like, we just want to reiterate, like, we're not necessarily saying this is the only way to treat your metastatic cancer. We're showing this is this is the way that Lori's team believes she's been successful, and also that it's a very individualized approach for her. Absolutely, and I am in no way um, I am not against um, standard of care treatment. 
I, I will, I may need it at some point. I, I, this is not the only way or the highway it is. Um, and that's one of the things I appreciate about the approach, but if, and when I do need other treatment, my body will be ready for it. Yes. I love that. And I like how you said, um, I think you called it an integrative metabolic approach. Yes. Meaning it can be integrated with known treatments that are known to work and be used in conjunction, in conjunction with those treatments. Um, Absolutely. Okay. So I guess talk to us a little about like, you know, what, what was it like to begin with? Obviously you read the books and then you got connected with this doctor. So do you remember what was, what was the process like um, for you to start kind of having this individualized plan as opposed to just the general, what I'm doing is keto and I'm eating well and I'm exercising. Right, right. Through a a nutrition genome test. And um, it just, it comes out that I should eat mostly Mediterranean keto diet and um, I have lots of exclusions, but I've always been a food person. So I make sure that I still love my food. Okay. So you had food, like food genomic testing. Is that what it's called? Yes. Okay. So you had food genomic testing. You have, um, you have, you know, some nutritional plans that you follow. You said it was the Mediterranean, the pescatarian and the paleo. Yep. And yes, and keto. Okay. Okay. And keto. But it's, it's like you said, it's a very individualized plan for what types of food are good for you. for Exactly. So a small example is I process red meat, like it's a candy bar. So if I, you know, give me a steak or, or a Snickers, I'm going to, my body's going to process it very similarly and neither one of them are good for me. So I, I don't have red meat anymore either. Okay. Well, those are like important things to know about how your body processes things exactly. and, and food that it eats. Um, so have you, in addition to this, like has your doctor, this naturopath that you work with, have they introduced any kinds of supplements that are unique to like what can help your body? Any of those kinds of supportive supplements? Absolutely. And, and I take a lot of supplements and, um, they are based on my monthly blood work. So I see my a naturopathic doctor every five to six weeks. I'm getting blood work every five to six weeks, a week before I see her. And, um, any changes that are made are always based on my blood work or if there are other tests that I've done in between or hormone tests that I've done and, um, liquid biopsies that I've, that I've done in the past. And, um, so any changes are just done, like I said, very, very individualized to me based on my test results. Um, so I guess before we continue moving through, um, let's just reiterate, you said you had genetic testing done after your metastasis. So they tested the tumors and they do know you are dealing with metastatic uveal melanoma and they've been able to do genetic testing for that through Caris, you said? Yes. The Caris Foundation. Okay. And so did those, um, did they, did they have any, I'm not as familiar with the tests that they do, but do you remember kind of how that test looked and and what that indicated about your tumors um, that are in your liver? Well, I I, I know what it indicated, how it looked was about, I, I would say, 50 pages long. Um, but what it came down to was I'm PDL1 negative, I have a BAP1 mutation, GNA11 mutation, and that BRAF was not uh, detected. So um, those, are main, those are my mutations. 
Okay. So just for anyone listening, like those are just some specific mutations that in the case of maybe what Lori is using, if you have some of those specific things, you might consider reaching out to your doctor and saying, Hey, can we, can we investigate how this might work for me? But I don't want to say that it, it has to be exclusive to just that, that type of genetic testing. This is just, we can see that for Lori, it obviously something good is happening. We just don't necessarily have all the answers as to why. <laughs> Correct. Well, I mean, my doctors would say they do, but, yeah. um, I, I think it would be very hard to ask a standard of care oncologist, do you think this will work? Mm -hmm. Because there are, you can't, although they are in the process of doing clinical research, but it, it's very hard when it's so individualized to standardize research. Yes, that is like one of those, those tricky things. Um, and I feel like we can reiterate this again later. We can talk about this again later. But I think one of the, the biggest things that my theory, this is just my personal theory, again, not a researcher, not a doctor, but one of my theories is that if more patients like you who are approaching this from a, an integrative metabolic standpoint um, and they're utilizing the metabolic approach in some way and they're also having you know regular treatment or maybe just waiting until they need that other treatment like you... Um, the more of those patients who we can pull together in research and look at commonalities and look at like, okay, why is this working? Um, I think the more those standard of care oncologists who are, you know, maybe a little more skeptical will be on board to say, okay, these are the reasons why it works. We can now find these, we can isolate these for patients, and then we can utilize this integrative approach. Um, so um, when... I do have a kind of a unique question, and I think this is a question that can sometimes come up for people who consider a metabolic approach or who think about, you know, who think about maybe drastically changing your eating habits and your physical lifestyle um, in response to this, this cancer diagnosis. Because, like, I'll be totally honest, like, it's hard enough for me to be a young mom. So like the idea of completely overhauling my lifestyle, sometimes, you know, without any guarantee that it's going to stop it from spreading or, you know, any of those kinds of things, it can feel really overwhelming. Um, and I know I've talked to multiple other young patients who are somewhere in that, you know, maybe twenties to forties range who they're just like, this feels so insurmountable to not even have a guarantee if it's going to work or not. And, and I, what I was really intrigued by about your story is that you started doing this and then the cancer spread. This was not like a, oh, like I solved it. I never had the cancer spread and it's now because of this. You are managing metastatic disease with this integrative metabolic approach. Um, it wasn't like a, you, you did the keto diet and then your, your cancer never spread and hooray, you're cured. Like, and so I, I guess I am curious, did you experience any feelings of maybe discouragement or frustration that like you had just started kind of overhauling your, your diet and then you had the metastatic spread show up or like, how did you grapple with that when it, when it showed well, up? Well, two things. Yes, absolutely. And, and because I think we've all done this at some point, most of us, did I do it? Did, did keto make this happen? Um, and because I, I wasn't doing it the, the way that my body needed. Um, I, I don't believe that at all at this point, but I do wish I had started sooner. That That is the one regret that I have, that I didn't start, that I didn't start seeing somebody and, and getting help with this a year out. Um, 
and that, you know, it just happened to coincide, you know, when I started seeing my mm-hmm. naturopathic doctor happened to coincide with when I metastasized. I mean, I don't know, maybe my yeah. body knew, I don't know. <laughs> well, and I mean, there's, you know, like you said, like maybe your body knew, maybe like somewhere like deep in, you know, in your, your soul, like you felt that mm-hmm. you felt that urgency and that need. Um, but but I mean, even, even knowing that, it, you know, that it's been helping you to manage metastatic disease, there's no way to know for sure, you know, if you had started it a year ahead, if it would have changed anything or if the trajectory would have looked any different. Um, Absolutely. But I like what you said about how, um, how like you, that used to be kind of like that, that thought, that human thought of like, did I cause this? Did mm-hmm. I, you know, could I have done anything to prevent this? Those kinds of things. I think it's just important to normalize. Those are normal thoughts for all of us. Like that we all have those around, I mean, around everything that I lifeguarded and taught swim lessons. And my first thought when I got told I had a tumor in my eye was like, well, did I teach too many swim lessons in the sun? Like, is that why I got a tumor? Like, and, and there's just not enough, there's not enough evidence to back that fear, but our brains want answers. And so it's normal, I think, for us to have thoughts like that. Right. Right. And, I, and, and since then, okay. I've done a lot of work or, or looking at how this cancer came about and what, and what contributed to it for me. Um, so I feel like that's a really, in, that's a really intriguing um, aspect. How, how have you been able to research and have your doctors been able to research, you know, how things came about for you or like, what are their theories or their, their beliefs based on the evidence that they have? Or I don't know if that's something we can go into. I, I know that I have a lot of trouble managing my, my blood sugar. I have um, some metabolic issues. I grew up neck at the time. It wasn't termed this, but I grew up next to a super fun site. So after I grew up there and moved away, it was marked extremely toxic. The creek ran literally through my yard where I played all the time. Um, the I had infertility issues, which which um, and a lot of the treatment for infertility issues can can exacerbate more metabolic issues, which can exacerbate cancer, and just. Just the, I know that I have plastics in my body, uh, heavy metals, um, mold. I just went through this whole mold remediation. So I've done toxin testing as well. And, and I do a lot of work to detox my body. I, I do saunas. I do castor oil packs. Gently. I do it gently. And, you know, I drink a ton of water. I, it's all very high quality water. And, Yeah. I, I, I exercise, I do yoga, I meditate. Yes. Um, you mentioned you do like some high intensity interval training. Mm -hmm. So is the type of exercise that you do, is that also kind of part of what your team has put together as like, this is the most effective exercise for your body to detox basically. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the, and there's something about hit it's, um, there's been some more recent research on it too, just about that, that expending that energy and then that recovery, that's really good Mm -hmm. for cancer patients. Oh, I feel like these are, I mean, these are just really intriguing kinds of things. Like, I just feel like this is the kind of information that I like, I just love learning about it. I think it's really cool. Um, okay. So just for, I guess, kind of specific aspects, you've been metastatic for roughly three years. Like you've been combating with this approach for roughly three years, three years next month. Yep. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It's coming up. Um, so 
what is the current like what is the current like t- tumor load i think is the word for it like what's the tumor load like is there a percentage of your your liver that's been metastasized well i know at least at last check it was still less than 10% so i do have multiple i have um 10 to 15 tumors there are three that are one centimeter or 1.1, 1.3 centimeters. Um, and then there are all the rest are less than that. Um, and then in my lungs, I have five lesions. Now they haven't been tested, but I assume they are metastatic disease. Um, my naturopathic doctor is not so sure just because it didn't make sense with with what else is going on inside my body it didn't make sense that i metastasized more but um knowing that our cancer goes to liver and lungs i'm i would think that's what it is i hadn't had a scan of my lungs in two years um, because i didn't want the radiation and um so i do a five very small tumors and five and five in one lung one in the other and it's okay the, the, I don't know what that burden is, but it's very small. Okay. Yeah. So, and then this is, this is largely, from what I'm remembering, this has largely stayed fairly stable minus, I think you mentioned in one of your posts, um, after discovering some mold toxicity in one of your like summer houses. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'd had, um, I had, I had, um, right. I, I spent a lot of time there last year. I had had some progression um, between my scans of, um, I was scanned in June and then I was scanned again in October and I'd had some progression. And from October until this past April, there was no progression. So, um, and we did toxin testing again and my doctor just asked, where is the mold coming from? And so we figured it out and we just got that all taken care of. I can finally go use it again. Yeah. I saw your pictures of like totally like pulling things out of the walls and just everything crazy. I'm like, Oh, that's insane. So speaking as someone who uh, can become chronically overwhelmed sometimes, uh, what would you say to someone who maybe hears this and, and has a desire to, you know, dive into a more naturopathic approach and a metabolic approach in conjunction with, you know, monitoring care with their doctors, but they're feeling like this is going to be so overwhelming. Like, what would you say to that person? I would say, um, it can be overwhelming and that, um, for me, I'm healthier than I've been in 20 years. Um, I, I, feel better. The irony that I have this metastatic cancer is not lost on me. Um, but to me, this wasn't a choice. So I jumped in with both feet. Um, because at the time, and, and I love that there are new treatments, you know, coming about, but at the time there was nothing that I felt like that could be offered to me from standard of care treatment that I wasn't doing for myself. And, um, that I still feel that way right now. Um, I think you dive into these things one thing at a time. So I didn't start doing everything that I'm doing all at once. That would have been completely overwhelming. And I don't know how I would have dealt with that. Um, because the other thing is stress feeds cancer. So, 
that is something whenever I start to get stressed out, I, I really, <laughs> I really think to myself, okay, we have to back up here. And what can I do here to decrease my stress while also still taking care of myself? Um, and that's why I do a lot of meditation and, uh, as much nature as I can. Um, yeah. So I would say it can be overwhelming. Um, it's financially hard and, um, it's so worth it. <laughs> so I guess, yeah, that's kind of what I'm hearing from you is that, that regardless of what the, the end out can, you know, end outcome is in say 50 years or 10 years, this time in your life that you're dealing with this, that you're, you know, combating metastatic spread, you feel better, you have more energy, you're healthier in general, like than you ever have been. And so the payoff just in that, like to be able to live that quality of life. I mean, like we all know we could, we could all die in a car accident tomorrow, like, or, or crazy things mm -hmm. could happen to the earth that we know we don't predict. Like we just, we have, we, none of us have a guarantee regardless of cancer. And so just that idea of like living, living your healthiest life right now and feeling your best and, and feeling empowered to do that, I think is, is a very, um, just a very good, unique feeling. And at the end of the day, if, I mean, there's, there's all kinds of studies in medicine, right. That have been done about, about the placebo effect. And this idea that like, if you just believe that the treatment is working, your body does the rest of the work. And so just, just that is a whole other, that's a whole other piece to digest. Oh, well, our, I'm, our minds are so powerful and that is part of meditation. You know, there are times I, I absolutely meditate on imagining more oxygen around my, my tumors because cancer hates oxygen. So, you know, and just meditating with that visualization. Um, oh, absolutely. Our minds are so powerful. We do have a quick question um, that is from Hannah. Mm -hmm. She's asking, has Lori used the Signaterra test to monitor her, her, her ear circulating, her circulating tumor cells instead of scans? I have used... Um, Garden 360, and I've used, there was one more, was it Signatera? I don't think it was Signatera. There was one more recently, that's not the Garden, Tempest. It was Tempest. Um, but I, but from what I understand, they're similar to Signatera. Okay. Um, and again, like we've said before, you know, if you are considering doing this kind of an integrative approach, do it with the guidance of a naturopath. Go through someone who's very familiar with utilizing this, not just not just in general, but specific to yeah, cancer right, um, right. and to cancer treatment and cancer patients. Absolutely. Um, okay. So has over time, just, I know just from briefly from your story that you, you told your oncologist at the time, you didn't want to do any other treatments. You only wanted to do this. And you had a lot of skepticism and, and maybe some criticism from your team of like, you have to do something. Patients who don't do something are gone, you know, very fast. And also patients who try to do the things that you're doing, they're not successful. Um, we haven't seen them successful enough to trust this. So has your oncology team changed their mind at all? Have you noticed anything, um, in talking to some of your oncologists, um, that you are in, you know, in contact with still that they're now intrigued or curious about like how things are going for you? Sure. And I still, I keep in touch with my, my oncology team. I, I don't, you know, 
I don't keep them out of my treatment. When I, when I do get my scans, I don't get them as regularly as they want me to get my scans. But when I get them, I send them to them. They, you know, the Jefferson team is the Jefferson team for a reason. So they get my scans. Um, and yes, they have absolutely changed their tune. Um, the, to at, at one point asking for my monthly plan saying that, that, you know, maybe they could help somebody else with my same genetic makeup. Um, they also, uh, my doctor also suggested that he was, he wanted to do a clinical trial with keto. Um, and if he did, he wanted me to help him with it. And I, um, I don't know, that just made me so extremely happy. Columbia did a, a, was doing a clinical trial with keto. They were only, they were still phase one. Um, but they were seeing good results, um, and I know that yeah. those two doctors well, it's, work well. It's together. one of those things that if we can if we can pull together more people doing something similar and then research those people, research how things are going for them. I mean, that's really all the purpose of a clinical trial is, is to try to give us more information about this specific type of treatment for these specific people. Um, Absolutely. So, okay. Do you, I guess, speaking of that, do you know of like, I mean, I know you have the natural mummies group on Facebook, but do you, um, do you have any other patients with metastatic uveal melanoma who you feel like are approaching this in, I can't say in an identical way, but who are approaching it, like seeking out the same kinds of teams, um, and who are, are focused on, um, where they are now with the metabolic approach, um, and not, not as focused on integrating that, or do you mostly see patients integrating it with like, um, other therapies? I'm, I, I really wish I knew somebody else only, only doing the naturopathic route, um, because sometimes it can be scary, but, uh, no, most of the people I know, um, with metastatic disease are, are combining it with, um, standard of care, uh, treatment. So, and I, I will say I'm, I'm extremely lucky to be, to, to be close with a, a good group of people who are doing really well with the combinations. That's awesome. Um, okay. So I guess this is kind of just another spot where I want to make a quick plug before we end for our registry, because, um, as we're talking about this and as we're talking about the idea of like wanting to find more people who are, are having success, um, my guess is there's probably some people out there who have done something similar or who are, are stable and they don't know why, and those are the kinds of people, and really we want everyone in the registry, but those are the kinds of people that if they're in the registry and if, if your data is in there and your lifestyle, the treatments you've tried, the stability that you've experienced over three, five, 10, 15 years um, of metastatic spread, like we know those people are out there because there's research emerging of, of people, you know, like that are, that are dying of things that weren't uveal melanoma related, but they have, I think there was a, there was a presentation given somewhere that I can't remember where, so I can't quote it, but there was a really intriguing presentation where they were dying of, of things that were not metastatic, um, uveal melanoma spread, but they did have metastatic spread that was stable. And so it's just understanding these, these outliers. Um, so really just the important piece here is that standard of care doctors, will continue and researchers, they will continue to be skeptical of this approach without the data to back it. So if you feel like you're having success with this in an integrative approach, if you feel like you're seeing success independently, or if you're just stable and you don't know why, like we want you in the registry because it is a worldwide registry. And the more patients that we have flood this data, um, this data, this database, 
the better, uh, the better the researchers can look at these factors and see, okay, where's the common piece here? Where's the common thread for this group of people? And, and hopefully that will lead to more answers for, you know, at least some groups of people. And then we can expand, you know, each bubble can just start finding answers. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, well, Lori, I guess, what would you, what would you suggest to someone who really wants to get on board with this kind of style? Where would you suggest that they start, um, in order to maybe find a team to help them facilitate this? To find a team, I would go on to either uh, Dr. Nisha Winters, I think I forgot the S in my little blurb, Winters uh, website, or the Metabolic Terrain Institute of Health, um, and they have a way to connect there. Or if you're, if you're, if you're not sure if you want to take that step, I, I would read the book and read Radical Remission. One taught me so much, the other gave me so much hope, and and then I knew that it was something that made sense to me, that, that our bodies have so much power to heal if we give them what they need. So, and that really resonated. Okay. With I me. love that. Okay. So, so basically starting places, if you, if you're maybe a little skeptical and you want to learn more, start by reading the book, just be willing to learn and open to the possibility. And mm-hmm. then if you are at the place where you're ready to take that leap and you're ready to really just like start looking for metabolic support that you can reach out directly through the Metabolic Institute, through Nasha Winters, Metabolic Terrain. Okay, wonderful. Um, and those would just be some good starting places. And I, my, guess is, my guess is that they would be able to connect um, either virtually or, you know, the, like, I guess that's another, another good question is, do you have to travel to go and see her or does this happen remotely? Like, how does this all work? Or Zoom was even like the, the, you know, in thing because of the pandemic. The in thing, yes. Yeah, the in thing. <laughs> that is that's the only way I've ever met with my naturopathic doctor. And it's never been an issue. At the time that I started this, there were only four doctors, Dr. Dr. Winters recommended. Four in the United States. There are now, I think, 30 to 50. So, oh gosh, there might even be more than that. But Grown. She has like now definitely trained. grown as a so practice. She's training and training. She's going through training courses with doctors and she usually does 20 to 30 in a, in a group. So yes, there's many more to choose from now. Okay. Well, you know, as, as you guys are listening and we're wrapping up, we are about to wrap up, but as you're listening, if this is something that is intriguing to you, uh, please send us an email or send us a message on social media and let us know, Hey, we want to hear from, um, Dr. Is it Nasha Winters? Is that how you say Mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. Um, We want to hear from Dr. Nasha Winters. We want to hear from someone from her team. If you guys want this, tell us, use your voices as patients. We will see what we can do to bring them on board. My guess is they would be very happy to come and chat with us and give us an idea of like how this process looks from a general perspective. Um, Again, keeping in mind, this, the whole goal of this is an individualized metabolic cancer integrative approach. Um, So anyway, I, I just feel like this has been phenomenal. Um, Lori, is there anything specific to kind of what you do now that you would like to kind of share to, to end? Um, no, I think I've, I've covered most of it. I also, one thing that I think is important for my treatment is that I also do um, mistletoe. So I inject mistletoe subcutaneously, which um, does have some good research behind it as well. But I just, I'm so glad that the, that the medical world is there and that, and that, we have the we have all of these options and i just want people to know that it's not always just one way oh i feel like that's so important and so empowering too um and like you said it can be it can be so successful 
in conjunction with, you know, conventional medicine mm-hmm. in a, you know, or isolated or, you know, all of these different things, just as long as it's done with the right level of support. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely. I could not do this alone. Yes. I love that. Okay. Well, this is, I mean, honestly, it's, it's so fun to be able to chat with you and I would love to keep chatting for longer. Um, if you guys have any questions as you're listening to this recording, or if you're listening to the podcast, please don't hesitate to um, send us a message or, um, connect directly with Lori. I think on Facebook is probably the best way. Um, yep. My last name is Jones. I didn't write yes, it and I didn't know my only my first name. Oh, was it's gonna, okay. You're sorry. <laughs> it's okay. So Lori Jones, L-O-R-I Jones. And if you look in, um, what is it? The living with ocular melanoma in your twenties, thirties and forties, I believe Lori's in there. Um, and if you search in some of the other Facebook groups, you could probably find her. Um, I will, in the show notes, I should be able to link your actual Facebook profile if you're comfortable with linking that so that people can reach out and just friend you and just, you know, chat, sure. um, and, and just get connected with some of the same resources that you've been able to connect with. Um, but I guess just to end Lori, do you have, I mean, obviously you've shared two favorite books, very specific to your journey, but do you have a favorite book or podcast or maybe a quote, just something that you live by, um, or a, a song that you feel like is just really supportive for you and your journey? For me, the biggest thing is just doing my best to be present. I mean, I have done enough of living in the past and, and, um, and worrying about the future and really right now, we, I just need to be here right now. I think that's so important. And that's just such a, a powerful way to live, I think. And I think all of us are, you know, on the journey to discovering just how powerful that can feel in our everyday lives. So Lori, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, you for everyone who was able to pop on live and listen. Um, and we will see you guys next time. Wait, Danae, I mean, this is my favorite podcast. Oh, well, thank you. I mean, <laughs> that's what I meant I to say. Take- I can't take much credit other than just calling people and saying, will you please be on an interview? I really need to talk to someone. (laughs) That's how this goes. Literally how this goes. Um, But thank you. I appreciate it. Um, It's, it's been a labor of a labor of love for us to pull this together and to be able to keep connecting patients with resources. And I hope like if you are, if you're interested in this approach and your doctor is skeptical please use this episode and take it to your doctor and, and have them listen to Lori's story, have them reach out to these doctors that she's recommending directly and learn more, um, learn more, because I think the more information we have, the better chance we have at, you know, figuring this all out, the more information, the better. Absolutely. Agreed. Okay. Well, thank you again. We'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for joining us today on the I Believe podcast, brought to you by Castle Biosciences and produced by Agora Media. Please be sure to subscribe, and if you're so inclined, send this episode over to friends, family, and share on your social media to help spread awareness around OM. If you have a moment, leave us a brief review or consider making a donation to the links in the show notes to keep our podcast going. Feel free to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Insight. We'll see you next time on the I Believe podcast.